Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw, live from the Circus Sportsbook on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome into Odds On. I'm Mike Palm. He is Amal Shaw. A Tuesday, late Tuesday morning here in downtown Las Vegas. Very windy today, Amal. Gusting winds, um, but we're cozy inside here, the Circus Studio. Um, all I want to say is one thing. Guns up, baby. Guns up. Right, let me address this. You know what? First of all, you know, so we have a group text between uh, Mike, myself, and our producer, Britton Hess, who also was on Kansas. And Britton says to me, we were texting before the game, I go, you know, if KU loses this game, we're never going to hear the end of it. I said so. And I said, you know what? I'm going to tell you right now, make the play 100 times out of 100 on KU. If it's going to take you an offensive rebound and a made three-point shot to be able to survive that, hey, kudos to you. I'll take my chances. But I will tell you one thing you have to be concerned with if you are KU moving forward. They turned the ball over way too much late in that game. They had a 12-point lead. They should have really pulled away and blown the blown them out in that they game. They were minus 11 and a half, 10 and a half I took for plus much 12 of the second. And, I took plus 12 and a half on Texas Tech. And, and some money line, you said. Yeah, too, yeah 11 and 12, plus 20. Was the best result for you a Texas Tech straight up win? Or was it? Or was it didn't it really matter. Because Kansas I came winning money by line, more than seven. KU winning by more than seven would have yeah. been slightly uh, yeah. beneficial. But at the end of the day, it had so many different plays in the game. I thought the number was just a little bit where you had some opportunities there on those middles there. All right, let's talk a little bit about the Final Four in the NFL Championship. Oh, I, I got excited for a second. No, I thought you had the four teams. No, no, it's obligatory. Uh, two championship games coming up on Sunday, Amal. Not much movement in the lines. Um, pretty much settling in at three and a half in favor of the Rams in the NFC Championship game. Seven still on the Chiefs. A little bit of juice in favor of the Chiefs there. Total ticking up, though, in Kansas City for that first game at Arrowhead. Open 53 and a half, 54 and now 54 and a half. Any surprise there? Uh, no, not on this total moving up. What we saw to this Chiefs defense, remember Tyron Matthew got injured early in that game, was a factor. I would expect him to be able to go, but can't assume he's going to play. Uh, let's say he doesn't play. You had to feel good with this offense. The Bengals' big question mark is their back seven, which I think the Chiefs will be able to take advantage of. They do have the ability to pressure Mahomes. I didn't think we saw enough pressure. There were some times where you saw some good, decent pressure, but not consistent pressure from Buffalo. And, Mike, when you look at this matchup, let's say you've got Cincinnati, you're trailing by 14 points or less. You feel pretty confident in a game in the final two minutes if you're down by that much uh, that Burrow and company could move the ball down the field and get a touchdown and get a backdoor cover if that were to occur. But I think Cincinnati's a, a live dog here. I, I mean, look, I still think Kansas City rightfully so is the favorite to win the Super Bowl. But what we saw to their defense, would you be surprised at all if Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Joe Mixon have big days? I wouldn't because we saw it happen already when they played this game in Cincinnati. Uh, back early in January. Remember that game was 
That, the, at one point in that game, the end game total, I think, was 70 and a half or 71 wow. and a half. Remember the score at halftime was 28-17 Chiefs. Mm-hmm. And then they had the second half where Cincinnati limited Kansas City to only three possessions, and they only mustered a field goal out of that. In the second half of the ga- that game alone, there were four drives of six minutes or more. Wow. I think Zach Taylor turns to the formula he had in the second half of that game in Cincinnati for how he approaches the start of this game at Arrowhead, limit the number of possessions in this game. I think it's your best move. Burrow in that mm-hmm. game, you referenced 446 yards, four touchdown passes, did an outstanding job. Chase, 11 catches on 12 targets. By the way, he went for 266. That's wow. all. That's all. A lot of run after the catch, too, in, in right. that game. He, you know, he catched the pass 12 to 15 yards beyond the line of scrimmage and then just outrun the Kansas City secondary, who often has their back to the line of scrimmage. I didn't see the game last Saturday between Tennessee and Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. You, you and I texting, Britain was texting about the sacks that they gave up. We are now in the conference championship. Obviously, it appears that they made the right choice in going with Jamar Chase over Panay Sewell. Do you agree with that, or do you believe that this team still, with what mm-hmm. they have with Burrow, and if they had an offensive lineman with the capability of a Panay Sewell, might be in a little bit better shape, or the same place, or worse? Uh, I don't think they get here without... Chase. Chase, right? I tend That's, to agree with you, yeah. And now they'll have to build the offensive line as they go. Yeah. They're fortunate that Burrow didn't get hurt this year, though, with the offensive line the way it is. Yeah, I tell you, for me, there's two teams that you should know where they're drafted. Cincinnati should be going offensive line all day, every day, and Kansas City should be going every pick on defense. There's something, uh, even, even noise in this number of nine sacks. There were actually 11 sacks them all. One sack got called back because uh, there was a false start. Nobody heard the whistle, but they sacked them. The people being played through. And then the other one got called back. When Cincinnati had called a timeout right before the, but they played through and would have said they really had 11 sacks. Wow. And if, I know you said you didn't watch the game. Cincinnati was false starting on almost every play. They were letting really? the tackles get a half step and not calling it. It was, it was pretty amazing. Um, did we have Land Clark, the former Pac-12 referee doing yeah, the game no, with the college thing where the, yeah. the tackles get the quick start? We, we didn't, but the thing is, I don't know that the chiefs can generate the kind of pass rush that the Titans put on him all day. I tend to agree with you there, and if you looked at it, you know, I still, still, I, I need a Kansas City in the game. Mm. I still thought McDermott made the bad decision on that fourth and one from the 34. I know it's third quarter and it's not going to maybe change the game, but I just didn't feel like Kansas City was going to stop them. I was so excited when I saw that punt team come out. I said, "You're really kicking." You got that bulldozer back there and Josh Allen. Just let him run on a little ta- on the sweep. They're not stopping him. On the second-to-last drive where they scored the touchdown on fourth down, yeah. they turned to that as their bread-and-butter play. They were just running, running, direct snap to Josh Allen and running them on sweeps. Uh, it was <laughs> it was fantastic. And I'll tell you what, uh, yeah, hopefully for the Chiefs this week, you realize who Gabriel Davis was last week for the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, Let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about the second game at SoFi. Uh, did you see the story where the uh, Rams are limiting purchases of tickets only to people that live in counties around L.A., trying to keep the San Francisco 49ers crowd out of this game? It doesn't really matter. It's your fans that have been the ones selling the tickets to the Niners fans. I mean, does it make a difference? And you know what? It's an indictment on your fan base there. Listen, last time, I'll tell you what, in that game in week 18, you would have thought it was a 49ers home game. I mean, you just look around, it looked like it was just all red. Well, just fill in the opponent, and you would have thought it was that home game. You would have thought it was a Raiders home game. You would have thought it was a Vikings home game. You would have, you know. But but the teams, the one thing I will say, the teams that you mentioned, Vikings included, Raiders, 49ers, Steelers, they all have tremendously loyal followings and fan bases. I mean, you know, there's I know out here there's a ton of Minnesotans. There's a lot of people, obviously, they move from those type of colder climates to warmer climates. Uh, I'm not surprised, but I, I think if you're the Rams, 
you got to show up. By the way, all those fans selling their tickets, they're going to want Super Bowl tickets in a week if the Rams yeah. make it. Just to let everybody know they went. Yeah, the L.A. crowd will show up for a Super Bowl, at least for a few quarters. Now, uh, I want to talk about... Um, I want to talk about this matchup here. You've been a critic of Jimmy Garoppolo. That's putting uh, it mildly. Well, you've been a critic of Jimmy Garoppolo, yet he's advanced through two road playoff games. Can the defense, special teams, and running game get the 49ers to the Super Bowl? Well, they already have, basically. I mean, right, they're a game away against a team that they've dominated. What have they won, five or six in a row against this Rams team? Uh, they had the come-from-behind victory. I don't know. Debo Samuel runs so hard. I just love watching him play. Look, I am actually surprised. Maybe it's because it's third time's a charm. That's why you're seeing money coming in on the Rams and people don't believe they're going to be able to do it for a third time. But, I mean, I don't really see this game. I don't think it should be off of three. I think the number should be three all week. And if you like San Francisco, no qualms with that. If you like the Rams, I couldn't argue against that either. And, you know, look, Garoppolo did a tremendous job. I was wrong about a couple things with Garoppolo. Number one, led the NFL in yards per completion this year. Number two, he did, he did a tremendous job. I mean, he got six points for the offense. That That is an impressive feat. Well, you can't take this away from him. What surprised me the most about the Green Bay game is after the blocked punt, yeah. touchdown to tie it, Rodgers goes three and out, and then Garoppolo was able to drive him 40 yards to kick the field goal. Well, listen, Debo made a play on a, on a little crossing route, made the play. Hey, I'm not taking anything right. away from him, but all I'm saying is that my, my whole pushback is that Kyle Shanahan really doesn't believe in this guy. I go back to the Super Bowl. That's it's clearly evident. You draft a quarterback at number three. That tells you you don't believe in the guy. And, you know, Michael was right about one thing. Trey Lance is a year away from being a year away. He might be longer, farther than that. Yeah, exactly. How I can mean, they not even use him on short yardage packages? I don't know, but I have a question for you. If Matt Jones was the quarterback in San Francisco, who'd be the starter right now? I think you would have seen Mac Jones get the job when Jimmy G got hurt and probably keep it. I tend to agree with you. Absolutely. <laughs> is this 49ers team better than the one that lost to the Chiefs in the Super Bowl two years ago? Is it better? No, I don't think so. I thought that team was elite defensively. Mm-hmm. I think this team is very good. I, I thought that team defensively was unbelievable. Think about this. They shut the Rams down for about 52 minutes. If the Rams don't hit that third and 15, 16 yeah. play, I mean, we're, we're saying Mahomes, great quarterback, but he hasn't won a Super Bowl. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Updated Super Bowl MVP odds real quick, Amal. Uh, Pat Mahomes is your favorite at plus 175. Your guy, Matt Stafford, is the second choice, plus 350. Cooper Cup and Jimmy Garoppolo have the same odds at 8-1. to one. Then Joe Burrow uh, at 10-1. to one. Debo Samuel, 16-1. to one. Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, 20-1. to one. And Aaron Donald, 25-1. to one. If you like San Francisco, I think you have to look at Debo Samuel. Right, he's the catalyst for this team. He can run the football. He can he can catch the ball. He makes plays on punts and special teams. He does it all. Um, you know, to me, Cooper Cup's not a bad choice because in certain situations he could take a quick short crossing route and turn it into a 60-70 yard touchdown. So that's one reason why Cup is up there with Matthew Stafford, or at least the third favorite. Excuse me. Um, I, Stafford plus 350 is pretty intriguing. I don't see any way anybody's the MVP for the Chiefs if they win the Super Bowl without, besides Mahomes. I'm all breaking news 15 minutes ago, reported by NFL Network. Sean Payton stepping down as the Saints head coach. A little bit surprising uh, because you expected this team to potentially have Michael Thomas back. Uh, they need a quarterback. They've got some talent defensively. It'll be interesting to see who they go get. Does Sean Payton end up as the Cowboys head coach? I believe that. I've said, <laughs> I, that, I I've said that for a while. Remember, Sean Payton lives in Austin in the offseason. He was an offensive coordinator under Bill Parcells in Dallas. Mike Zimmer, the defensive coordinator at that time. Yes, absolutely <laughs> right. And 
let's be real here. Mike McCarthy thinks 14 seconds is plenty of time to run the ball, whereas Kansas City can move it 40 yards. Jerry's uh, ego may give way to his age and having to hire a coach that can take him to a Super Bowl. Yeah, I think Jerry is 74 or 5. So it's time if you're going to make a move, you got to go get some. You know what? If Sean Payton goes to Dallas, Dak Prescott mm. is a bet for league MVP next year. You liked him in all the passing categories this year. Yeah. You thought he was going to have a huge bounce back year. Look, guys get open. Cooper yeah. gets open. Gallup mm-hmm. gets open. CeeDee Lamb gets open. You just got to put the ball within an area code, and these guys are going to catch it. Yeah. Interesting to see where he goes or if he goes to the booth for a year and comes back or directly to another job. All right. When we come back, Super Tuesday in college basketball. We'll run the board next. Odds on. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, they're like, you know, Creighton, you don't watch Creighton. And I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, not, gonna, the, not the Big East tournament. They're, well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That cool. Like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team? Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> and then they're never at any of those. And then they're never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? See the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back. This segment of Odds On is brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray, no more spit cups, and no batteries to charge or leaky equipment to deal with. Zen Nicotine Pouches are smoke free, spit free, and available in 10 varieties like spearmint, wintergreen, and a mall's personal favorite, citrus. And for your convenience, each variety comes in two strengths, so you can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. 
Zen, America's number one nicotine pouch, is available in over 100,000 locations nationwide, meaning it's never been easier to find your Zen. So head on over to zen.com slash find to locate a store near you. That's zyn.com slash f-i-n-d. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Welcome back into Odds On. Mike Palm with Amal Shaw here on a Tuesday of Championship Week in the NFL. We're going to have Dr. Eric Eager from Pro Football Focus join the program in about 30 minutes to discuss the conference championship games coming up on Sunday. Amal, let's turn our attention to college basketball. we got a ton of games involving top 25 teams tonight and a couple not involving but that you like as well. Let's start out with the big game in the Big Ten. That's going to come to you at 4 p.m. Pacific time from the State Farm Center in Champaign. 10th-ranked Michigan State sitting on top of the Big Ten at 6-1, 15-3 overall, just a half game ahead of 24th-ranked Illinois, who is 13-5 and five and 6-2. and two. The Illini, four-and-a-half-point home favorites with a total of 142. In their last eight meetings in Champaign, Illinois has only covered four-and-a-half once. Took this game on the overnight at five-and-a-half with Michigan State. It has nothing to do with Sparty winning eight Wisconsin for me. And again, I'm not quite as high on Michigan State, and I could end up being wrong on this team, Mike, but I'm not a big believer in Illinois. I think they're a solid team. Coburn, though, against a team like Michigan State who will bang on the glass and create some problems, he could get into foul trouble in this one. So I'm not surprised the Lions come down. I didn't put in the plays because the big difference in a one point in a game that I think is going to be tight could come down to free throws late. And Illinois could be up three, make two free throws. So I lean towards Sparty being able to get a road win here. It'd be impressive. You go to the Cole Center and you go to Champaign, back-to-back victories. But uh, Illinois has done a great job in Champaign, so we'll see what happens tonight. Can Michigan State shoot as well as they did at the Kohl Center? No way. Yeah. Kidding me? That was an aberration. But the one difference is, I don't think Illinois, if you defend the perimeter, is going to beat you as badly as Wisconsin would. Wisconsin's very efficient. Johnny Davis, arguably the best player in the Big Ten right now, maybe Keegan uh, at Iowa State, uh, Keegan Murray. But they just, with Davison and him, it's different. And give Michigan State a lot of credit the way they played. All right, at 8 p.m. Pacific time on ESPN as well, from Pauley Pavilion, huge matchup in the Pac-12 Third-ranked Arizona at seventh-ranked UCLA. Third-ranked Arizona sitting on top of the Pac-12 at 6-0. 16-1 overall. Remember, their only loss was uh, in Knoxville against Tennessee in that game. They got down big early, rallied, and then had a critical technical foul late in the game. UCLA, 5-1 in conference. Remember, they lost that game uh, to Oregon at Pauley Pavilion. Just a half game behind Arizona, 13-2 overall. The Bruins, uh, obligatory... Um, Three-point favorites here at home. No, they're three-point three dog. Three-point dog here at home, excuse me. Number surprises me. I mean, look, if I, were, I didn't play this game. I'm looking forward to watching this game. I've been waiting for this game for a while. Rematch will be in Tucson in February. But in the meantime, Mike, remember, UCLA, no home fans at Pauley Pavilion. Only have family and, uh, what do you call it, uh, I guess staff-related people yeah. at the game. So that takes away a huge advantage when you don't have a crowd noise in a big game like this with two top ten teams. We'll really get an idea how good UCLA is here. The one thing I thought I was a little bit hesitant with the Bruins coming into the season, everybody's making a big deal about their five-game stretch. I don't think you can necessarily judge a team based on five games. My thing is if you're good, you would have played well the entire season. This this Arizona team has played well in every game. And you look at some. if you want to go based on comparisons between some of the games with UCLA and the Pac-12 and Arizona and the Pac-12, Arizona has dismantled teams. I mean, they went up to Maples the other day and absolutely just put a boot on the backside of Stanford, they did the same thing against Cal. Bruins yeah. had a much tougher game. This Arizona team is tough. The question is, 
Can UCLA contend with Arizona's length? That's going to be a challenge inside. And then on the flip side, can Johnny, excuse me, not Johnny Juzang, because he'll he'll show up. Uh, Jaime Hawk has got to play well tonight. He's going to be the key for this team if they're going to win this game. I like Tiger Campbell. He's as steady as they come. Doesn't get enough credit for how effective of a point guard he is and what he does for Mick Cronin's team. I expect them to really guard defensively. And then if you haven't seen Benedict Matherin, he's outstanding. You'll see him in the association next year, but watch him at Arizona. This Arizona team reminds me kind of like an NBA type of team. They got size, they've got athletes, they've got guys that can shoot the basketball, they can do it all. All right, let's turn our attention to the ACC, 4 o'clock Pacific uh, time, 7 o'clock local time, uh, from Cameron Endor on ESPN2, Clemson at ninth rank. Duke, Clemson struggling as of late. I'm all 3-5 and five in league play, 11-8 and eight overall. Duke 5-2, and 15-3 overall. Clemson has not fared well against the top half of the ACC, especially on the road. Um, getting blown out at Notre Dame a couple weeks ago by 16. This number here, Duke, 11 and a half and 145 and a half. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. Look, if uh, Clemson's going to have a chance to cover the number and to even potentially win this basketball game, P.J. Hall and Hunter Tyson have to play well inside. Can they slow down Palo Bancaro uh, and company? That's going to be key. If they can't, they're going to be in trouble. Now, this is a team that really shoots the ball from the outside well, 38%. But I don't understand with Brad Brunel. I, I like their talent. I don't think it's bad. They're very good at Little John. But what happens to this team when they go on the road? It's like they forget how to play basketball, Mike. And I think, as you alluded to, we know their record at uh, Dean Smith's at the oh. Smith Center. I think what they have one win ever. One in fi- one fifty three or something, something like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then at Duke, it's no bargain either. So this is going to be another challenging game. I didn't play the the spread in this one. Now the money line update eight dollars here at DraftKings, but. I thought if you're a Moneyline Parlay player, Duke would have been a play here today simply because at minus 750, I would expect the Devils to win. All right, to the Big East we go. 4 p.m. Pacific time on FS1. DePaul at 14th-ranked Villanova. DePaul just 1-7 and seven in Big East play with that home win over Seton Hall. 10-8 and eight overall. Villanova 7-2, and 14-5. Um, DePaul really struggling here. But is this number too big at 17.5, total 133 of them all? Seems like it's a little bit big here, um, but I'll tell you what, when you look at this team, uh, they, <coughs> excuse me. God bless um, you. Thank you. When you look at DePaul, it seems like a big number for Villanova to have to cover. Look, I love the way Jay Wright's team plays, the way they defend and everything that they do. But Mike, I don't think when you look at them as a collective, they're just as good. I, I like their main three guys, Gillespie, Moore, and Samuels. They're terrific individual talents. But I think beyond that, they're just not as good. When you look in the interior with Dixon, it's just not smooth in the post. I would I would take a look at uh, DePaul here, plus 17 and a half. Remember, they had the lead. I think it might have been a one-point leader down one at the break against uh, Villanova in Chicago. And then we saw Villanova in the second half really put it to them. Yeah. Let's switch to the Big 12 now at 5 o'clock Pacific t- time from the Farrell Center. K-State at Baylor. K-State at the bottom of the league. In a three-way tie at the bottom with Oklahoma and Iowa State at two and five in league play, ten and eight overall. Baylor five and two, a game behind Kansas at the top of the league, seventeen and two overall, ranked at number four here. This league, I'm all so balanced. K State's the bottom of your league. You got a pretty strong league. You think? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Baylor. I thought this number was a tad high. Baylor lane fourteen here with a total of one thirty-seven. I tend to agree with you. I thought this number was going to come in at twelve. I was surprised it was at fourteen. Uh, however, with that being said, I don't know if I could justify a play on K-State. I, I think they got a chance to to stay within this number. But again, I wouldn't be surprised if you look up later on at the end of the night and you see Baylor 70, Kansas State 56. I mean, right on the yeah. number or 
you know, a little bit around there, what have you. But I, I, I like this Baylor team a lot, Mike. Uh, but I think they're in such a competitive league. And, you know, I'm going to stand by my statement. Baylor's the best team in the Big 12. May not be the best regular season team. But I think they're going to go the furthest in the NCAA tournament of the teams in this league. K-State, you know, they're a different team when they're in the Little Apple in Manhattan. But on the road, we're going to see what they're going to be able to do. The one concern I have is, Mike, they don't shoot the ball particularly well overall. 43% as a team. You've got to be effective against a very good defensive team in Baylor. That'll be a challenge in this one. And they don't score too much. They're at 69 points. It doesn't sound like a big deal. But, you know, you look at these upper echelon teams. Kansas last night. They had, with six minutes to go, 68 points against Texas Tech. I thought they were going to hit 80, and that's why I thought they should have covered the game. All of a sudden, they slowed down. But Baylor, they can get out and they can score points on you. How much do you factor in K-State's emotional state after blowing that lead? I mean, they were up double digits on Kansas at half. They were up five with uh, two, three, two and a half minutes to go, and Kansas went on that 9-0-1 run to end the game. Yeah, I think it's a big loss, especially when you have an opportunity to win that the rivalry within the state, and then you got to go on the road. Now, I mean, think about this. Back-to-back, KU and then Baylor, That those are not fun situations. So we'll see what happens tonight. All right, 5.30 p.m. on the SEC Network. Auburn Tigers, the first time ever, ranked number one in the country. They haven't seen this kind of glory since Sonny Smith. Charles Barkley and Chuck Persons down there. They go to Columbia. Not an easy spot to play to take on Missouri. Auburn lane 13 on the road, 141 and a half. Yeah, your final four team, Alabama, got whacked. I switched. I switched to the other team in Alabama. I'm switching. Especially if they can get the regional there. <laughs> wow. Uh, Listen, big number on the road here, but I, I think Missouri could be in trouble. Al- Auburn, the problem is they will present so much pressure on you with the ball when you have the basketball. They turn you over. They're athletic. They shoot the ball well. They got length. They got size. Man, they make some tough shots. They got oh, some dudes. How impressed were you Saturday? They fell behind. Kentucky went on a 13-0 run, and they just grounded down the whole rest of the game. I was impressed. Uh, I'll give them a lot of credit. All right, coming up next, we're going to have our plays as well as more college basketball. is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. It is never too early to prepare for the big game, and we want to make sure VSIN is part of your plans. We'll be with you throughout the playoffs, and then on Championship Weekend, we'll have 56 hours of free video coverage on VSIN.com leading up to our sixth annual live big game betcast. It's the biggest game of the year, so make plans now to join the VEASAN betting experts before, during, and after the action on VEASAN.com. Welcome back into Odds On. Mike Palm here with Amal Shaw. Coming up in 15 minutes, Dr. Eric Eager from Pro Football Focus to discuss the conference championship games. But first, let's go I'm all in. Let's do it. Started college basketball tonight, and it's gonna, we're going to go with the game in Toledo. The Buffaloes minus the Buffaloes. The Rockets minus four and a half against the Bills. The Bills, the Buffalo the Bulls, the Bulls. The finally, I got it right. Toledo, the Rockets, okay? Minus four and a half, sorry. Toledo minus four and a half at home against Buffalo. I like them in this spot. This Buffalo team is just not as good as they've been in years past. This Rockets team is solid. Very I was good. blown away by how well Toledo played at Ohio. That game was on national TV. They shoot the ball awful well. They really do, and they got off to a fast start, and then Ohio started knocking down shots left, right, and center. And then all of a sudden, luckily, it faded because I took that game in, in game under 162 and a half. I read a tweet, and I can't remember who, who said this, but the coach for Toledo, mm-hmm. they said is one of the most underrated shooting coaches in college basketball. 
They've always been able to shoot the basketball. That's one thing when you look at Remember Marion Jackson, who's now at uh, Arizona State, was a terrific guard uh, at, excuse me, uh, at uh, Toledo. They've had some decent players, especially for the mid-major. Uh, Todd uh, Kowalczyk, I think, is, is the coach over there, Bryn just told me. So uh, we'll see uh, how they do tonight. I like them a lot at home here, four and a half. I thought this number should have come back a little bit higher. So they're taking the Toledo Rockets in this one. Then Rutgers at the rack against Maryland. You know, it's not a play on Rutgers necessarily because they're at the rack. It's simply because I don't like this Maryland team away from College Park. I just don't think they're that good. I don't like it at College Park either. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly right. Unless, you know, unless they're playing a decimated in, uh, Illinois team without Kofi Coburn in the middle. So I like Rutgers minus three and a half here. Take this one up to four. The Toledo game might take it up to six. Uh, Kentucky uh, minus nine and a half at Rupp against Mississippi State coming off the loss. I don't think this Mississippi State team is that good. They're getting a lot of credit for beating up on Ole Miss. I think Big Blue runs them out of the gym. I thought this number was going to come back around 12. Uh, I like Kentucky by double digits, double digits in this one. And then finally, women's tennis got an opportunity here. Got to bet it today. Ash Barty to win the Aussie Open minus 175. Still a fairly good price. She has been playing dominant tennis, Mike. She dropped the first set in 2022 against Coco Goff. Has not dropped a set since then in seven matches. When you look at the draw, who is the biggest threat? Is it the girl that Gil discovered in the the uh, in Krakow, Iga Swiatek, as the second choice? Your girl Madison Keys made you some money last night. Yeah. Or is it the great story of the Frenchman Alize Cornet? Uh, Cornet Cornet will not be a threat to. <laughs> Can she beat Collins? She could if Collins goes off the rails. Col- Collins. You ever seen the movie Anger Management? I have. Collins should be enrolled in that class. I mean, there you've never seen anybody who, I mean, a mini McEnroe out there. <laughs> uh, so she's terrific. She's got some power. But Shvita, uh, Igva Shviatek is the biggest threat to Barty. None of these players are really threats in my Do opinion. Do they line up to meet in the finals? I don't is know. If she, the I don't know if she, no, no, no. I'm going to tell you right now. So she plays Kanepi tonight. Yeah. She's a huge favorite. You either take Kanepi or don't make the play. Kanepi's got a chance with the power that she has. She took care of Sabalenka in that super tiebreaker. Uh, Igor Shiatek, I was watching her last match, man. Errant shots all over the place. I'm going to tell you right now, barring injury or Barty just being off, I don't see anybody beating her in this tournament. I think she's going to go straight sets through. Mike, she hasn't even lost more than four games in a single set. She has been dominant. Last night, 6-2-6-0 against Pagula. Will she win the U.S. Open as well? Well, it's hard to say. It's so far down the line. I mean, you're talking 8-9 well, months. I'm just going to hard courts. Is she the best hard court player in the world? No, That's I, where all the data comes in, on the hard courts. Yeah. By the way, where, where the hell do these guys get this data? I don't know. Uh, oh, can you get some? Can we get some confirmation on it? Because it sucks. The data is saying that CC Paz Center goes over 39 and a half games tonight. Do you like it, that play? I, I'd like to know where this data is coming from. Many would. I don't know what that means. Oh, we'll get Dan would. Weston on the show one day. But uh, any thoughts on CC Paz Center tonight? No, none. None. I, I'm telling you right now, Kanepi is your small play on on an underdog. It's almost three and a half to four dollars. Can the Italian stallion Berrettini win it? No, he's not going to beat Daniil Medvedev in the finals. Listen, these guys are all good, but they're always going to be bridesmaids. He, he, look, I think that this this Open uh, Australian Open, the seas have parted for Medvedev like they did for Swiatek in the French. Right? I agree with you every, completely. Every, every, well, <laughs> Medvedev though, the difference is he's a guy who's going to be in multiple finals yeah. every year. I mean, now especially with these guys uh, going down, um, you know, to me it's a situation where. He he is an ultra talented guy, best player on the men's side, outside of Novak right now. Okay, let, I have one play tonight, and uh, it's in the Big Twelve. I'm gonna take the Horn Frogs catching two and a half against Texas. I agree with them all. Chris Beard's team will guard you from the from the tarmac. 
but they are a painful to watch in a half-court offense. I, I disagree with you. I mean, they only went nine and a half minutes without scoring a single point against Oklahoma State. I, I, that's all I needed to see was that. Him. <laughs> that was... In a big revenge spot there, they were in a situation to pull away and blow the doors off Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State was live to win that game. I tell you what, Texas jumps out to a 12-0 lead, can't score. Remember, they played without Williams, their leading scorer for Oklahoma State. They struggle in that game. I tell you, I was on the under 125 and a half in that one, Mike, and it, it was fun watching just brick, brick. I thought it was I thought it was the world of concrete convention out here with all those guys. I think they scored two points in the last four minutes at home, losing to Kansas State as a five-and-a-half-point favorite. Yep. And then they, they squeaked by Oklahoma State at home, and now they have to go on the road to what I think is an underrated TCU team here. Um, all TCU's held their own. Um, Three and two overall in league play, actually ahead of Texas, and thirteen and three overall. This game will be at six p.m. on ESPN two. One unit TCU take the two and a half at home. I, no problem with that play here. Beard's team offensively has just not gotten it together. They've had a plethora of transfers who really have not really materialized into the players you thought they might be. Especially Marcus Carr at the point. I really liked him in Minnesota. Has not done well so far in Austin. Timmy Allen coming over from Utah. Nothing special so far. This team has just been kind of a collection of transfers that haven't done particularly well. And Shaka Smart's actually having a pretty good season up at Marquette. I know they lost, um, excuse me, they beat Xavier the other day, and they had their road win at Villanova. Yeah. Uh, let's go back to college basketball for a couple of games that we didn't cover. And I want to go to the Mountain West, um, all for a team that's caught my eye. I don't know if it's caught your yes, eyes yet. Colorado State. No. Boise State. Stop it. They went in and they did the impossible. They won in at Logan. Utah. They, yeah. won in, they won in Logan, Utah. Then they held San Diego State. To, to 14 points in the second half at home at Vias. San Diego State had 14 points two minutes in against UNLV last night, it seemed like. Well, the Rebels are not known for their <laughs> defense unless it's the Amoeba defense and it's coached by the Tark. All right, so now Boise State goes back home and they're hosting Wyoming tonight. Wyoming, the team, also, is also undefeated in league play. Boise 6-0, and Wyoming 4-0. and They're both ahead of Colorado State, who's 5-1 and in league play. And then I think the line of demarcation is San Diego State. Those are the big four. How many of them will get in the tournament? We don't know yet. Boise at home here, lane five. I looked at this game, but it's tough against Wyoming because if they're stroking the three, they could cover this number. Yeah, Graham Ike inside is a tough one to cover for this Wyoming team. He's inconsistent at the free throw line. Look, if you get beat, you got to hammer him and put him on the free throw line. I, I, Wyoming can shoot the ball from the perimeter, Mike. No mid-range game for this team. It really comes down to what they do outside the arc. Um, I looked at this game, and I think Boise wins it. I didn't want to lay the five. I thought this number was correct as to where it is. Uh, one other thing I want to correct real quickly. I said there would be no fans at Pauly tonight. There are actually going to be fans there at this one, so should be pretty uh, good for UCLA. Well, knowing that, will you take the three? I, I'll look at it. I, I'm telling you, man, I'm a huge believer in this Arizona team. I think this Arizona team is right there with anybody in the country. I'll ask you this every week. Who's yeah. your final four right now? Great question. Uh, obviously, based on the brackets, I would say Baylor, Gonzaga, Arizona. I like Kentucky a lot. I think Kentucky's a dangerous team. If Gonzaga continues to win out, yeah, will they send Arizona outside the region? Because um, it's hard to put those two in the same region if they're both you know, in the top six. I agree with you, but here's the problem. Arizona will have played in the Pac-12, and Gonzaga continues to play in that rec league. I know it's gotten better. But the bottom line is, you got to give Arizona credit for playing against USC. By the way, did you watch? Oh, you didn't. You were watching Texas Tech, uh, TCU. Yeah, I, I mean, TCU, I, Kansas. I watched it all the way to the bitter end. No, no, I was. I, <laughs> I put on one of the other TVs. I put on the uh, game with USC. Sandy Enfeld. The next time he coaches a game will be his first time. No, I disagree with you. That Florida Gulf Coast team did very well in the tournament. 
He they, had them lobbing it up there. <laughs> Lob City had a bunch of athletes. Had, this USC had like not 12 turnovers at one point in time to Arizona State's one. I mean, it was unbelievable. I have never seen bad play. You, you go to any rec center in your local area, you've not seen this many turnovers. Real quick, one more game in the Pac-12. Colorado at Oregon. Oregon laying eight here, Amal, 136 and a half. I thought this was a tricky number, and Oregon's coming off that dominant win against the Huskies. Uh, I like this Colorado team. They've gotten better. They had a tough hiccup against UCLA. They come up a little bit short there, Mike. Uh, I, they came up a couple of points short against USC as well. Batty inside, uh, Walker, these guys are tough. But remember one thing. Dana Altman's teams always get better as you get to January going into February towards March. Uh, this team is finally starting to get, come together. Remember, we talked about Texas with a ton of transfers. Same thing with Oregon here. If you said I had to play this game, not going to play. You would lay it. No, I would not lay you it. You would take no, it. Yeah, I would take a shot with the points here. I could be wrong on this one because I think Oregon is very capable of winning this game by 15, but I, I just don't feel like it's going to happen. Uh, Lakers at Nets tonight. Lakers minus three, the return of AD. Well, remember, no Kyrie in New York and Brooklyn, and, of course, no uh, KD also. All right. It's a rematch of the Christmas Day fiasco. All right, coming up next, Dr. Eric Eager from Pro Football Focus. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids, but I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my That's my dance, bro. <laughs> This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. 
Bed River Sportsbooks takes football games, same game parlays to a whole nother level. Now you can combine same game parlays from different games to give you even more ways to make your perfect combination. Download the Bed Rivers app or go to bedrivers.com today to explore all the new ways you can create your ideal combination. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Indiana, 1-800-9 with it. Colorado, 1-800-522-4700. In Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. Virginia, 1-888-532-3500. In Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Playable in New Jersey is play sugar house, void where prohibited. Welcome back into Odds On. Mike Palm here with Amal Shaw, and it's our pleasure to welcome to our program for the first time Dr. Eric Eager has a Ph.D. in philosophy and applied mathematics and is the VP of statistics for Pro Football Focus. Welcome, Dr. Eager. Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. Thank you. Enjoyed talking to you on uh, on the Megapod with, with Gil. Uh, both conference championship games are rematches. Uh, in the case of the NFC Part 3, Rams 49ers. In the case of the ASC Part 2, from a game that happened earlier this month, in Cincinnati between the Bengals and the Chiefs. That game really a tale of two halves with the Chiefs leading 28-17 at halftime. And then Cincinnati being able to really slow the game down to six possessions in the second half and hold the Chiefs to a field goal. Will this game in Arrowhead at noon Pacific time on Sunday be more like the first half of the game in Cincinnati or the second half? I think it'll be a little bit of... I, I think there'll be a little bit lower scoring than the game in Cincinnati... In the case of, you know, I think that the Bengals will play, you know, sort of more of a conservative defense. Uh, they got shredded deep a few times by the Chiefs, uh, a number of big plays by guys like McCole Hardman uh, and an almost uh, big play by Tyree Kill. I, I think the Chiefs will probably deploy something similar to what they had in the AFC title game, especially in the first half where it's sort of one of those things where they have to go down the field 10 plays at a time. Uh, and so I think they'll be successful, but I think it'll be a little bit lower scoring than people believe just because it'll take the Chiefs a number of different plays, uh, you know, to score a touchdown a la what happened early in the Buffalo game, not late in the Buffalo game. And then, um, you know, for Joe Burrow, I think it's it's probably going to be more similar to what we saw in the Titans game where, you know, Kansas City got burned in the previous matchup by playing pretty aggressive defense. Uh, and get beat over the top by guys like Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. Uh, I think that they're going to play back here, for, force Joe Burrow to make good decisions in the pocket, all drop, you know, every drive of every game for you know five to ten plays. And even though Joe Burrow is a wonderful, we've seen you know him take sacks. He took four sacks in the first matchup, took nine sacks as everybody saw on Saturday. And, and I think that's going to keep this game lower scoring than people believe. I think you bring up a lot of good points in terms of how this game may play out. You are a Chiefs fan, obviously a tremendous Sunday afternoon and evening for yourself. Uh, but to me, the one thing that I love about Patrick Mahomes that goes a little bit undervalued with him is, I'm going to tell you right now, this sounds crazy. When he walked out there with 13 seconds left, I, I didn't believe it. This guy walked out there like he thought they were going to move the ball and they were going to get in the field goal range and they did it. Do you think it was simply an error in judgment in terms of how Buffalo approached it defensively? Or do you go back as far as the a kickoff where it should have been a squib kick and then you put Kansas City in a position where they probably have one play at best to be able to get in the field goal range. Yeah, I mean, we've seen this, you know, in the 2018 AFC title game against uh, the Patriots is a very similar situation where they got the ball with a little bit under, I think it was like 31 seconds it took them to go and get a game-tying field goal. 13 seems like a different order of magnitude. And yeah, I probably would have squib kicked it. Um, that would have either given the Chiefs like less yards uh, to go or, uh, you know, or less time uh, in either event that would have been tough. I mean, 
Bucker probably you know was spared maybe five to ten yards on his kick. Uh, but 40, you know, 48, 49, you know, is a pretty long kick, and they had just enough time to get that through. Dr. Eager, the 49ers have beaten the Rams now six straight times, including twice earlier this year, both times as three-and-a-half-point dogs. Both of all and I are a little surprised this number has gone back to three-and-a-half instead of landing just at the three with the game in SoFi. Um, is, do you subscribe to the theory that it's tough to beat a team three times in a season, or has San Francisco's success against the Rams, does it portend future success, meaning this Sunday? Well, it is hard to beat a team three times in one season, but that's only looking at it from like the, you know, if you if you didn't know all three outcomes a priori, right? It, it, what, now that we know the, the first two outcomes, uh, it's just as likely that the Rams beat them in this one as it was in either other one. You know, like, so that, that's a little bit of a misleading thing. Um, the hard part is, is there are like, I think fundamental reasons why the 49ers match up better against the Rams than say other teams do. One of them is just that their offense, you know, they're the second most run heavy team on early downs in the NFL. Uh, but the, and that forces the Rams who are sort of optimized to beat teams like Tampa Bay and Kansas city and Buffalo to play a different style of defense than they used to, you know, the Rams use the least number of players in the box in the NFL, uh, and the 49ers, you know, exploit that with their run game. Uh, the Rams use the the, mo- the highest rate of disguised coverages. That rate goes down 13% when they face the 49ers. So there's something that the 49ers are doing that's not allowing the Rams defensively to do what they want to do. Um, can Jimmy Garoppolo continue to play as well as he has against the Rams? That remains to be seen. But, um, you know, on that side of the ball, I think the I think the 49ers do have a decided edge. I think at 46 with the total is, I think that's a little low. Um, on the other side of the ball, you know, the Niners have been really good this postseason, uh, and they've been really good against Matthew Stafford. Uh, the question is, and, and it's a similar question, can Stafford put together his third consecutive really good game? Uh, that's really where he's you know, failed in the past, where you know you sort of take the average of everything and it looks great. But you know, to win a Super Bowl in the NFL, you need to be able to string together three or four great starts in a row. How do you evaluate Jimmy Garoppolo from your perspective? Is he a guy that's just a guy? Is he good? Is he Subpar, I mean, or just average. Well, how would you kind of classify him? I think he's an I think he's an average quarterback, but I think what separates him from, let's say, you know, Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins, Ryan Tannehill, is he throws what's called. So that's why you know when you have a really good offensive coordinator like Kyle Shanahan or offensive coach, you know, guy that calls the plays, Kyle Shanahan, um, what you end up with. Uh, you know, is a very uh, efficient offense. Jimmy G is first this year in adjusted yards per attempt throwing. I think he's like second in the expected points added. Uh, CPOE composite, he's second in yards per attempt. And you do get the the cost of that is some interceptions. The cost of that is some uh, bad plays. But he's so much more willing to go after the positive plays um, that it, it doesn't really matter. Like, you know, it's worth the trade-off. Where you see other guys like Cousins or Carr, you know, check, take the check down way too often. To me, uh, I think that's where he separates himself from some of the average guys. So I don't think he's better. In fact, I think he may be the least talented of those guys, but he gets the most production because uh, of his willingness to, to, to run the offense as it's called. We're talking with Dr. Eric Eager, Vice President of Research at Pro Football Focus. You can find Eric on Twitter at PFF underscore Eric. Dr. Eager, I've read your articles throughout the year. And, and one of them was uh, earlier in the year where you rated coordinators and then head coaches. And I wanted to ask you a question 
specifically about two. You had uh, Matt LaFleur rated very high, and you have different metrics why you do this, correct fourth down decisions, stuff like that, game management, clock management. You had Matt LaFleur very near the top of the list, both as offensive coordinator and head coach. First part of the question is, does the data from this year influence that rating down next year? And then Brandon Staley drew a lot of attention for his sort of revolutionary approach to fourth downs. How does that rate out in your system? Yeah, LaFleur, in my mind, is still going to be rated highly. Uh, that offense is is still really good, even though I think this year Rodgers didn't quite play as well as he did last year. Um, and I think that one mark uh, that's that it, to me puts Lafleur still in good standing with me is you know Rodgers really emerged and and started to play as the MVP uh, after his toe injury, um, and, and that to me you know, sort of shows like how when the game was structured well the Packers did well because he couldn't move out of the pocket. You gave him a week off uh, and had him play against San Francisco, and you saw a lot of freelancing from Rodgers. I think they lost the game in large part because Rodgers didn't play within the structure of the offense. Now, do you do you, do you ding LaFleur because he isn't able to motivate Rodgers to do the right thing all the time? He needs a toe injury to do that, maybe. Um, but I, I think that the, the what the what the Packers call uh, is still pretty good, and I think execution was their issue uh, Saturday. I I can't really argue with three straight years of 13 or more wins, uh, especially since, you know, I don't think the offensive line was particularly good this year. No Bakhtiari, no Corey Lindsley. Uh, they still don't have a great second option behind Devontae Adams, and they still are really productive. So I think LaFleur is a lot better than what people believe. And then the second part of that question, we got about 30 seconds. Brandon Staley and how his fourth down decisions grayed out. Yeah, I mean, he he made a lot of, you know, all, all of his decisions, except for maybe one in Kansas City, were sound. Um, so, you know, sometimes the results don't hit. But, you know, the, a lot of people point and say they, they didn't make the playoffs because of his decisions against the Chiefs and the Raiders. They don't look at his previous game against the Chiefs or the previous game against Cleveland where they don't win those games if he doesn't make those fourth down choices. So, uh, you know, it, it sort of evens out at the end. That's not a great Chargers team. Hopefully they can improve so that, you know, his decision-making is rewarded. Doctor, we appreciate your time this morning. Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. Take care. Thank you. Thank you. Stay tuned to Visa. And up next, Betting Across America. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media. But now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 